But you know, uh, we fill this time of year with things that are actually highly visible. Uh, we fill this year with, uh, you know, whether it's trees, whether it's decorations, uh, whether it's lights, whether it's gifts. Um, it's a highly visible time of year. Um, yet there is something about the Christmas story that invites us to consider again or consider anew the reality of things that are invisible of things that we cannot see, of things that surpass our understanding, things we cannot fully explain. The story invites us to consider the reality of a living God. God truly with us in the person of Jesus Christ. In a culture that proudly describes itself as secular, as rational and enlightened, the nativity scene, and I think about the one that sits in the center of Kelowna, atop landmark center, middle of our city, it's a nativity scene. And it shines as a visible reminder to the world of a divine presence that is with us. God, creator of heaven and earth and everything in it, revealed himself in human history, in human form, in the person of Jesus. That Jesus literally was God with us. At this time of year, people often allow this scene, this nativity scene, to become what I will call one of the nostalgic trappings of Christmas. And often people do that by treating it as a one-act play when in fact it is a story with many parts and some of those acts are still being played today. The Christmas faith speaks about moving from darkness to light. In a world where many things often don't seem to make sense, where things can appear highly uncertain and at times wildly out of control, the Christian faith offers a light that floods life with a new perspective. Light is often used as a powerful metaphor for goodness, for comfort, for clarity, that journey from a child's bedroom to mom and dad's room only needs the small beam of a little hall light to show the way. That journey from the campsite in the middle of the night to the campsite washroom only needs the light of the moon or a small beam from a flashlight and that small light has the power to dispel both darkness and fear. That light brings both comfort and clarity into situations that otherwise would have us stumbling in the dark. In fact, the brilliance of light, you might say, light in all its glory is most on display where things are the darkest. 
And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Now, the darkness the Christian faith refers to is actually a blindness that can't be dispelled by flicking a switch. It's a reference to our human tendency to disregard God as light or disregard God as life-giving and choosing instead to view ourselves as sort of the only light we really need. Whether that's the light of our own success, the light of scientific discoveries, the light of technology and innovation, that we will somehow, on our own, find the light. And for some people, it's anything but God, anything but a child, anything but a savior named Jesus. And I often look around me as I listen to more news than I probably should, and ask, how is that faith in ourselves working out? How are we doing simply relying on that which comes from, you might say, within us? Are we any closer to fixing those things that are so obviously wrong and so obviously broken? We can convince ourselves that we're making progress, but at times we may be blind to the truth that stares us in the face. And the Christian faith says there is a light that shines into that darkness. And his name is Jesus. Sent from God, pay attention to Jesus, follow him. Yet the Christian faith rubs many people the wrong way, often for many different reasons. It does expose our flaws, and it does challenge our self-centered and often fiercely independent lives. People may say, why should I answer to anyone, let alone a God who I cannot see? And so people live by the light of their own rules. Sin is mocked as an outdated attempt by religion to judge, to restrict, or to control us, even though our version of freedom often controls and enslaves us. The Bible says at times people simply preferred darkness over light. Rather a harsh statement about the human heart. And Jesus says, I have come that you might have life, that you might have life more abundantly, that the desire of Jesus for you and me is that we would experience freedom in a way that only God through Jesus can give us. Christian faith is not about following religious rites. It's not about repeating religious phrases. It is simply an invitation to come to the light That is Jesus. It requires humility. We need to swallow our selfish pride. And yes, it requires faith in things unseen. And every time I use that phrase, in things unseen, there's part of me that wants to shout out, yes, but God is visible all around us. And it's true, I believe he is. 
The birth we remember during the Advent season is but one act in a much longer and incredibly beautiful story. In Act 2, we are confronted with the darkness of death and the crucifixion. The life of Jesus sacrificed for us. Act 3 unveils the glorious victory and the light of the resurrection that we celebrate every Easter. Today, I would say Act 4 is still in progress. And with it, the invitation to step into this incredible story and say, count me in. I want to follow that light. It's interesting. It's a universal offer. This gift of love, of forgiveness, this gift of eternal life is a universal offer simply reserved for those who are humbly willing to say yes. God, I believe that you exist. That all that is around us is created by your hand. God, I do not argue with the fact that I am a flawed and sinful human being. And I admit that I need Jesus Christ. It's the gospel message. The invitation remains even this Advent to choose to step into this story. There is nothing remotely nostalgic or sentimental about this story. It is a story of God's unconditional love for his creation, for you and for me. And this Christmas remains a gift of grace, a gift of love, gift of mercy, a gift of forgiveness from God himself. There's a song that I'm going to end with in about two seconds. It probably says exactly what I've said, but maybe in a better and more powerful way. There is a light that shines in the darkness. And it's a person. That light is Jesus Christ.
Invite the worship team to come back up. We have a couple of up-tempo songs we want to sing as we leave. I just want to encourage you. Think about the words, the simple words of that song, that there is a light. His name is Jesus. Quite literally, he can be the anchor for your souls. So that's why we celebrate. It's what... Uh, the story is all about. So let's sing. Why don't you stand and join us for these last two songs?
So thank you, uh, Julie and Whitney and Sydney and Noah and Josh and Wade. Uh, we're getting close to having a brass band. Uh, that is awesome, Josh. Uh, so God bless you uh, as you spend time with uh, friends and family. I, I pray that you would sense the presence of God even as you gather with one another. Uh, that family and friends, I, th I think those are also gifts from the hand of God. There are goodie bags as you leave for all of the children. I don't even know, do not know what that age restriction is, but how about Jeanette, uh, just keep giving them out until there's no more to give away. Uh, so we'll kind of disregard what children actually means, but we'll serve them first. There are also treats and coffee in the foyer. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we will be here next Sunday, back to our regular time, 10 a.m. at Creekside Church. Merry Christmas to you.